0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nerdy Four Thirty, where we spend roughly thirty minutes nerding out about the most recent things to hit pop culture. My name is Kevin Bauer, and with me as always is my fearless co host, the man I met thirty five years ago under a gazebo, Mr. Tim Kack. Tim, how you doing?
1: Kevin, I'm so scared. It's The Conjuring 3, three times as scary as the kind of scary original one. Oh, boy, so spooky. What a fun time. Can't wait to talk about this like kind of scary movie.
0: Oh, my God, me too. And it's going to be great because we have a guest as well today. Much like the victims of possession in The Conjuring franchise, we needed to call <laughs> in an expert. And who picked up the phone? None other than our friend and horror buff, Ingrid Ostby. Ingrid, thank you for being here. How are you doing?
2: Hi, great. Thanks for having me. This is very exciting.
0: Oh my God, of course. I was telling Tim, ever since we talked after bowling that one time about horror movies, I just want to pick your brain about all of them.
2: I know. I feel the same way. Um, and my partner, Bob, who you know, is terrified of them. And it's just not the same when you have someone who's who doesn't want to do watch them at all. <laughs> So it's great to talk to you now soon about horror movies. But is it
1: really a horror movie if you aren't watching it with somebody who is like absolutely terrified to uh, watch that movie?
2: That's a great point. Yeah, because I also want to be terrified. I just like that feeling, you know? But then, yeah, if the person with me isn't like mad at me because we're watching it, then what's the point?
0: Really, that's the best differ- differentiator. I mean, I, I thought Tim, to be fair, I thought Tim was going to end this with really, was this a horror movie? Because I think Bob should have had an easy ride in this one. This is one of the least scary horror movies I think I've ever seen.
2: Yeah. I, oh yeah, actually, that's a great point. I don't think I was afraid at all. There were there were a couple times where I was like, oh, it's creepy. It's a little spooky.
1: I wouldn't describe any of the Conjuring movies as horror movies. They're, they're fairly horror movies They're you know what, let's get, let's get early on one of these categories. When did you know, guys, when did you guys know this wasn't a horror story? This was a love story. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm shipping these guys. I love it. Ed and Lorraine. Oh, <laughs> they're, a, they're a dream, just holding hands, looking into each other's eyes. He forgets his pills. She's mad at him. Or was that another movie? Oh, my God. I watched all three <laughs> this, this weekend, and they're blurring together. Oh, yeah. It was it's too much.
2: That's why I didn't watch two, because I, I don't think I've seen two uh, at all. And so I was like, I can't watch that, because then all the details will be confused. But it's good that now you will be that person, and I will not
1: be. Yeah. I definitely am. Ed
0: had a heart attack in this one, right? That that happened in this movie. Ed did have a heart attack in this movie. This yes. was the heart attack one. He had a
2: stint. He
0: got extremely sweaty after running.
1: He had a heart attack in real life. And I think real life is probably what makes this like not as good a movie. Right. Like normally a horror movie has stakes (laughs) where, you know, people die or get hurt or there's like real consequences.
2: This is just like this is what happens as you age a movie. You might while you're doing your job. Actually, this brings me to a good point because this is my when did you know? I just it just occurred to me. When did you know this was going to be a crime procedural for two and a half hours? (laughs) They were basically just like, we need to get this man out of jail. He, he did it, but he didn't do it. And like now, like they're sitting in, you know, jail rooms, like talking, like it's, it was a procedural.
0: It was so strange. I, it was in on paper. I was open to the changeup, but in execution, I think it really quickly looked like they had no idea what to do with it.
2: Yeah. Did, did all of the movies have that like fade to black between like, I felt like I was waiting for a commercial break because they kept like fading to (laughs) black every scene, every scene or two. I don't know if that's like a conjuring signature. Again, I I saw conjuring the first one. It was years ago, but I did see it. I don't remember feeling that jarring thing of like, what? I think
0: that was unique to this one. I am such a huge fucking fan of the first conjuring movie. Um, I know that one was James Wan. I can't remember off the top of my head if he directed the second one as well, but the second one was a little bit of a departure. But I think maybe 10 minutes into this one, I said to Lauren, I was like, I, I don't think James Wan directed this. This doesn't feel like a James Wan movie at all. It didn't. So I'm wondering if they knew they were going to do a crime procedural and they just brought on the team that did White Collar on USA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we need to get the team that did Monk in here. Stat.
2: Yeah. Where's the Monk team? They're, you know, they were like, let's do monk, but not funny. And then like, try to be scary by throwing in as many tropes as possible. That is one thing that I think The Conjuring does well, is that they basically just mimic as many horror movies as possible in the span of like two to five to to 10 hours of their movies. (laughs) Like they just slam every single, like that's what I thought the first one did really well. And this one was, yeah, it was kind of like the procedural, but 10 different horror movies in one.
1: I got to say, not enough of a procedural for me. I would have loved a great horror
2: procedural. We
1: should have gotten more of the trial. I got to tell you, I did some more reading on this. And apparently, like a big part of like Lorraine Warren's whole thing in real life was helping cops find people. And it's kind of crazy. I saw some like thing from the director, one of the writers or whatever, saying like it's kind of It hasn't it didn't make sense in any of the other movies, but it's kind of crazy that they've gone this far in the franchise without acknowledging that she was just like finding, you know, bodies for the police for uh, over a decade. You know, it's fun. It's cool.
2: Yeah. Which that is actually really cool. I mean, mediums like, you know, who can do that? They've been on, you know, I've seen some on like kooky shows, ghost adventures, et cetera.
1: Long Island Medium.
2: Long Island Medium, but it's like, that's what you want to see. I want to see her find it. That was a good part of the movie, I thought, was like when she schooled the cop, disbelieving cop, about like, oh, you don't think I can do this? And then did it like five different times.
1: <laughs> Picks the right knife, has all of her shit together. She's a badass. I, I love these two actors. These two actors are so good. This movie would be absolute shit if the lead actors weren't, Amazing! I love them. Yeah. I want to see them do another movie. You know, we got to get them like a, you know, like a Richard Gear. Now I'm blanking on what's your faces. Uh, Julia Roberts. (laughs) Julia Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. No, I'm I'm a Gearhead though. I'm all about Richard (laughs) Gear. That's who I come for. We got to get like a Richard (laughs) Gear.
2: Julia Roberts type thing with them. I think these days for when is the next Richard Gear movie coming out? I think that's what everyone's wanting you know um, adam,
1: adam sandler drew barrymore i mean this is an acting duo that stands the test of time and should be tested tested out in other genres yeah, can we absolutely. get them a rom-com can we get them right.
2: uh, i want to see richard Gere and julia roberts in like a uh you know saw film
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> they should switch genres for yeah. a minute yeah you know
2: absolutely I watch
0: it i definitely watch it
2: i would it absolutely would i enjoy it maybe
0: yes <laughs> definitely
1: uh julia roberts is a kiss is a uh, is a killer who won't kiss on the mouth and that's like her whole thing
2: <laughs> wait is she killing is she kissing the victims
1: i i don't know i was just trying oh, okay. to make a reference okay. we to haven't Pretty worked women. it out yet
0: Right, right. I went reference first since later, you know, that um, may have been exactly what happened with, uh, with this movie's writers. Yes. Speaking of, we've kind of been talking around it a little bit. I have a, a two line synopsis of the plot here for anyone who might not have watched the movie, but still wanted it spoiled for them. After an exorcism goes awry, the demon is passed into the body of another man. And when the demon drives that man to murder his awful landlord, it's up to Ed and Lorraine Warren to prove his innocence in a court of law. Quick question. So we've talked about the crime procedural part a little bit. When did you know? I mean, the trailer for this movie says that a man it's called The Devil Made Me Do It. Like we know that the plot of this movie is that a possessed person killed someone. When did you know that the landlord was the guy that was going to get killed?
2: We're talking the old creepy guy with the relics in the basement. This guy.
1: No, no, no. At the why am I blanking on the landlord? What's his name? The guy. Well, the guy who's murdered—that the whole trial's about. He was—he was like their landlord technically, but he owns like the the shop underneath, like with the kennel with all the dogs.
2: Oh, that is a good question. Okay, yes, he did die right away. Um, yeah, I guess I thought he would—he would be sacrificed. I didn't think he would be a character that this movie involved for very long.
1: There really isn't anybody else for him to kill, right? Like he could have killed yeah. his girlfriend or that one other character that they introduced that's in his yeah. world, right?
2: Yeah. I do think that they set for him being just a uh, throwaway character somewhat, He he died pretty immediately. They said his name about like 50 different times. I was like, wow, Bruno is going to be this really huge part of the story. Like, I don't even know if I remember everyone else's name, but they said Bruno so many times It was it was also like confusing because he was like the he was a landlord, but he's also like runs a kennel. A lot of elements there. A lot of angry dogs. He's not good at running a kennel. So he's (laughs) destined to die, in my opinion.
1: I was kind of rooting for the girlfriend to die because obviously it's more it's more compelling if he kills somebody or the kid. Like I wanted him to kill somebody that he cared about. So that that was, like, some of the tension. But the main characters spend so much time away from this guy that you can't kill off the girlfriend because she needs to be there to, like, hang out with him, you know, just from a ride. Oh, in real life, they also just killed the landlord. So I guess that's, like, that's, like, another thing. I don't know why we're nitpicking the writing. Like, all of the bad or, like, weird decisions are just, like, oh, because that's how it really happened, which is such a lame (laughs) – such a lame hindrance for a horror movie is, like – You know, that's not how this really went down. I know these guys like went around and faked a bunch of like exorcisms or whatever, but we got to stay grounded. We got to tell the real fake exorcism story. Yes. So I don't know the
2: background. Did that a landlord die in the real story?
1: Yes, they killed uh, that guy, killed the landlord. And he only (laughs) the guy who committed the murder actually only ended up going to jail for about five years. And then he got I think they say at the end of the movie, there's kind of like a crawl. That's like he was in jail for five years, then married his sweetheart. And then I looked it up. because I was like, oh, he married his this girl after five years, but he's still in jail. And then it's like, no, no, no. He just got out of jail after five years. Yeah. And initially they were pursuing the death penalty. And then I think in real life, this kind of, you know, defense that like he was possessed or whatever, did kind of sway the jury to get him out of the death penalty. And he had like 20 years and was short. I mean, he served five years for murder. So like something weird happened here it's it's strange
2: this is my this is my main I'll probably this will probably come up later but my main issue with this whole thing was like they said that at the end like it was a good thing he got out after five years like they maybe <laughs> helped and I was in, in the reality is this man was very you know mentally disturbed did some horrible murders and then, Got out after five years and this movie was like, oh, thank God he married a sweetheart. <laughs> thank God that murder married his sweetheart. Like, I don't know. It's just a, the, the logic is very twisted if you don't buy into the the Warrens and what they do.
1: Yeah. Which, of course, we all do. I fully bought in.
2: We all do. We, we fully buy it. Yeah.
0: It's the most pro-murder movie I've ever seen. Uh, should we move on to beefs? Should we get some beefs going? Yes, Please.
2: I have mostly all beef, so yes, bring it on.
1: Angered, hey, you got another beef lined up for us?
2: <sighs> okay, so my beef is the methodology, the methodology of the curse. So they're like, oh, he's possessed. And I'm like, okay, we understand he's possessed, like and that's why the you know the little kid was able to transfer it to the to the guy. But then we find out it's a curse. and I'm like, are so curses are now like like vampires are they be like invited in? Is that like, I'm not too familiar with curses, but to my knowledge, you know, unless there's some sort of ritual, they don't get like transferred. Um, and that really, that was my main beef was like, you know, the logic of the curse being the transference. And, and honestly, they didn't even really explain, they had that chalice that she was pouring little, you know, worm sword or whatever. Into and, and then at the end, it was like this crucial item that, you know, uh, Lorraine sat down somewhere or whatever. I, I just, I, I wanted to know the specifics. <laughs> Why is this yeah. able to work? Why are we able to transfer this? And, and what is she really doing in that basement?
0: The specifics of all this stuff are so frustrating because it always ends up coming back to, well, it's a demon. So there's even a scene in the movie where Ed Warren's like doing a walk and talk and he's like, well, we need to figure out what's going on with this boy. And it's like, well, you know what's going on with him. You're a demonologist and he's got a demon in him. I think... I, that's super fucking interesting. I hadn't thought about the fact that the curse was getting transferred because they made it seem like the demon was being transferred. Right, so... Unless... Yeah. Is the curse that they were cursed with a demon?
2: Is the demon being transferred? And if so, I would argue, same thing. He's not a vampire. Or, I guess, I look, I guess if it is just a demon, then you can invite him in. But they kept mentioning the curse too. Right? Am I crazy?
1: Yeah. I feel like the curse was giving somebody a demon where they're just like oh there's Ah, a demon in this house maybe but you're right it's these movies simultaneously explain a lot but then don't explain enough that's
2: a great way to say it
1: because in my mind it's like an exorcism is you, you go in the house you hold the person down you read from the bible you throw holy water on them and then we're done right like that's That's pretty much what everything comes down to, but they need to make it a movie and that's not, they need to come up with unique ways to do that and like add it. Like this one's a curse. And I think the second one was like, I don't know. It was like some, the the demon was playing tricks on them or something like that. Like they're always, it's very weird. I think, I, I think in like every horror movie, there's a moment when they explain what's actually happening. And depending on when that happens, it's either like a good horror movie or a bad horror movie, right? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Wow. Yes. Uh Well put. Absolutely. And this one was like, the explanation was just like, it took too many turns for when it was finally explained. You're just like, what?
1: Yeah. And then they don't explain enough and it kind of like, doesn't, I don't know. But you, you touched on another one of my beefs. Which really stood out to me, which is this like antler chalice is the least memorable like thing they've put in the room. We've had three movies so far, and both times they were like one of them was like a wheel thing that like oh it was like a big part of the story. In the second one, it's a uh, like a music box with a song about the crooked man, and then the crooked man like comes to life and is like a character and haunts them. And then in this, it's like an antler thing. And I was like, this is literally the lamest thing in this entire room. Nothing about that. Him putting it in the room. It did absolutely nothing for me. I had no, I was like, where, what was that even from?
2: I don't think it did anything for anyone. And also (laughs) how many were there? They just kept finding them.
0: (sighs) It's like, uh, it's like if they went to somebody's office and they took a Yeti tumbler off their desk and they're like, this must be crucial to the job. It was unrelated to the job. It was unrelated right. to the curse completely. That was just her mug.
2: Well, that's the thing, right? Cause there was, there was the antler with the face that Lorraine found under the, in her faint, like her, you know, I think contractual, I'm in a scary, uh, dirty place part of the movie. Uh, <laughs> but there was that thing with the face and then there was, yeah, the little sprinkly flower mixing bowl mortar and pestle thing. And I felt like no connection, no connection with that thing.
1: Why didn't he take the totem? Like the whole thing is about that weird thing with the antlers that gives the curse. Why isn't that in his room? That's something we would recognize. That's the thing they're walking around with photos of. That's the thing they're doing detectives like research on. It all of a sudden it makes me think that he's just collecting souvenirs. From the like in the first movie, it's like, oh, this is where Annabelle's kept. This is where all of these things are possessed. You can't touch anything. And now it's like, no, nah, he's just grabbing shit every time they they solve a crime or whatever. He just grabs like a ball. He grabs a brush, a bar of soap from the hotel, like whatever he can <laughs> get his hands on. He just throws in that room. Said, so you know, he can tell his kid to stay out of it.
2: To be fair, it was cursed, that bar of soap.
1: It was scary. That was a horrible haunting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It was cursed with the hair of the people that stayed in the room before you.
2: (laughs) Yes.
0: It's, I mean, uh, you got a beef. So while we're on it, I absolutely do. While we're talking logistics, my logistics beef ties into this 100%. (laughs) They say with this totem, right? They say that somebody wanted to curse this kid. And so to do so, uh, they put this totem underneath. The room that was the going to be the kid's bedroom so that he would get cursed because, you know, geo tracking something like that. Here's the problem. They said that the curse started the day they moved in, which means that um, the, I guess, witch, Satanist, whatever title she would have in this, uh, had awareness of the house and awareness of the family and was like, they're probably going to make this his bedroom. She knew to go in before the family actually moved into the house right. and put the totem under what was going to be the kid's bedroom.
2: Right. And also had a waterbed in it already that they took out immediately after, which really bothered (laughs) me. They're like, oh, where was, where did you find it? And she was like, right here, which is apparently now a living room. And they didn't want to put another bed in there.
0: Oh, my God. Yes. Was that not even his bedroom? It just doesn't check out. It
2: doesn't check out. I feel like there there are probably a lot of mini plot holes that just don't quite add up. And why
1: that family? Is there any connection between her and that family?
2: I mean, no, right?
1: There's nothing. It's just random people. (laughs) There's nothing.
0: Because, I mean, even if you want to go at it from a crime procedural perspective.
2: (laughs) Which we do. Which we do. Which we do. We (laughs) we 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 definitely
0: do, do, Kevin. (laughs) Um, The Satanist should, uh, she should be trying to, you know, take out... reenact these uh, these trends that had happened in her own life and then lash out against them. So maybe you would think she'd be going after like a a single father or something like that.
1: Or the people that like made her be hidden from the world. Right. The whole story is she's hidden in this house by her father because the church won't let them let him have a kid so why aren't you getting revenge on these pastors how much better is this movie if there's a demon hunter killing priests and these non-priests have to stop it because for some reason they're not being targeted by this then they're bringing outsiders all of a sudden well you know it's not wow, fiction yeah. it's like not accurate so like but i just wrote an amazing movie i'm you keeping did. that we're, we're <laughs> editing this out of the podcast
2: <laughs> yeah you gotta keep that IP. Uh, yeah, I have questions. Yeah, I don't really understand why her basically because the only thing that I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they the only thing they really revealed when they showed the young picture of her didn't I didn't even know who it was. So that bothered. That was another many people. I was like, is this the girlfriend? But also like the only thing that she had problems with growing up is that she was stuck in the home. Right? It wasn't like. And also she was mad. That I guess that just, that just means she was probably mad at the church because her dad was probably like, this sucks. I can't let you out because of the church or whatever. But yeah, we don't, we have, we have no other background. We don't know if she was like a scorned woman. She, she didn't get out. So I feel like if I didn't get out of the house, I would probably be scared of everyone not like trying to like conjure the devil.
1: Her dad also says like the house was filled with laughter and we were so happy <laughs> And then, like, his, his, his reason for her getting into this is like, well, you know, sometimes kids get into the things their parents are into. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Just because you like demonology doesn't mean she's going to become like a psycho demon murderer. Like, what did you do to this person? We get nothing. We get no actual story that would make this like a real attachment. But
2: isn't that, you know, nature versus nurture, grow up really well, and then suddenly you just... Something goes wrong and your parents go, oh, our house was filled with laughter, but you know, Tim just turned out this way. I guess that's <laughs> true, yeah. Yeah.
1: If I but what if I'd never moved out of my parents' house and just lived yeah, in, the, <laughs> in the in the in you, the basement? He
2: would be frightened <laughs> yeah. of the world and, and probably quite traumatized. That poor woman.
0: That's actually one of my beefs too, is that We get this, we get that line about uh, being careful that, you know, your own sins, your own fascinations aren't passed on to your children's, uh, aren't passed on to your children to become their obsessions. And uh, that's a really cool concept that they don't touch on with the Warren family at all. We see their daughter like one time. She's wearing a college sweater to tell us that she's not going to be there for the rest of the movie. (laughs) And like. (laughs) I just, I want to see that same pattern play out. I want to see the Warrens react like, oh my God, we don't want our daughter to turn out this way. What can we do? I want to
2: yeah, do that's, something. That's a great point. And I guess because they had to hinge it on this true story, uh, you know, they couldn't explore. But I was very confused about, because, you know, I didn't see the first or the second movie. So I, the children I, if they were in the first one, were very young. So I'm like, who is this person? And then I didn't. There was some ancillary character who I don't know who he was.
1: He was in the first movie too. He helped them out with like setting yeah. stuff he up. He did. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Well, oh, he's in all yeah. three yeah. movies. He,
2: did he need to be in this movie? It was just like he. I'm glad he got paid for this role too, and good for him. Good looking guy. But I felt like he had four lines this whole this whole movie, and he wasn't really helping. He was just like Ed,
1: and that was like it a few times. <laughs> He's just there to make it feel like a series, right? Like we need a couple familiar faces in here. That's true. Uh, let's bring this dude back.
2: Right. That's
1: true. <laughs> Should we get to thieves? Does anybody have any good thieves for this? I'll I'll go first. That little kid's glasses. Whoo, those were awesome. Clear frames <laughs> with like a big round with the line across. I swear my dad had those same glasses growing up i'm like this is a cool kid i want to hang with this guy i hope he i hope he turns out okay uh between that (laughs) between his cool glasses and all the like contorting i was reading about that online How they're just like well levitating is like it's almost cool but like there was a lot of like violent contorting in this that i kind of dug it's like the closest thing to horror we got uh, it's the closest thing to consequences we got, Yeah. but well, like in all these other movies, it's like, okay, they're contorting. It looks like their whole body's breaking, but of course, once the demon leaves, it's like, oh no, I'm normal. I'm fine. There's no, like, there's no physical trace of this because these were all hoaxes in real life. So like, <laughs> but there's no evidence.
2: I, the, the, the contorting was very effective because it was really creepy and they like somehow they've upped the technology to make it look more like, I didn't just think they brought in like a child who does acrobatics. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think my issue, though, is like why their their bones would have all been they would have been a little puddle of human after that because their bones would have all broken. And it's like did the demon also say, oh, I just got to make sure that we mend all these bones before I like release myself.
0: Well, you got to leave it better than you found it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Leave only footprints, take only pictures. (laughs) You just, you got to think about the demon that's going to be in there after you (laughs) and what they're going to think. I got a, I got a thief. Soundtrack for this movie is
2: great. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Great soundtrack. I love how the music started like 30 seconds before the scene ended. So it'd be like this. I actually do think this was effective that they had like 20 seconds of a song while there was still like horror going on at, to go into the next scene.
0: <laughs> it's ah oh, it's super good. Do you have a favorite I mean, tune? Definitely call me. Uh like Call Me by Blondie hitting yeah. in that like horror stabbing scene was sick. It was so cool. Um, always love Baby Hold On To Me, Eddie Money. Oh, yeah. We got. Uh, That's a good one. Uh, Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley.
2: Yeah. You know what? Love when that shows up in a movie.
1: I think they've done Elvis in like some of the other movies too. Yeah. Elvis is like a running theme in these.
2: My Thief is something I touched on earlier, but I, I didn't know how to interpret this because I just didn't like really love the movie. So I just, it was this, <laughs> I guess I'll, uh, the moment again when they were like, he went to prison, he was convicted and went to prison in that fun font. That was like one of the last things that happened. I think that really sealed the deal of like, wow, this has been a journey and uh, I can't believe that this, this is how they're ending it. They just had to say that because that was the truth, but it was so funny to me to be like, and we couldn't help it. He got convicted, but don't worry. He's in love. I think that really just was like the kicker for me. It was like in any
0: kind of a movie where a character is like, you will not catch me getting on that plane. And we cut straight <laughs> to the plane taking off. Yes. It was like that, but with a man's life.
2: Yes, <laughs> like, that's exactly how it felt. I was uh, shocked by that moment. Um, that in the waterbed, I think, really just stole the film for me.
1: Okay, you guys might need to remind me if this was in this movie or in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But the credits for these movies in general, I really like like at the end of the movie where they show the real pictures and stuff. Did they play mm-hmm. audio at, during the credits yes. of this one? Like the actual uh-huh. exorcism, like audio yeah. that I love. That's the only scary part about this movie is like the actual audio of this where it's like the old VHS stuff and they're, they're like screaming and stuff. It's just, it's captivating. I love it. I wish they could somehow bring that tone into these actual movies, but that doesn't seem to be a thing they like have any interest in doing.
2: I, I loved it. Yeah. I wish they would do anything where like, I'd like to see a little behind the scenes, like see that some people are faking it a little bit because they had in the, in the recording, You know, the mom, his mom was there, like the murderer's mom was there and she's like, get it out of him, get it out of my son or whatever. It's like, (laughs) I want to see like, you know, a little behind the curtains action of like his mom is clearly just like also completely out of her mind and just trying to get her son out of jail. That might be an interesting element.
0: I would love that. I honestly, when I heard the plot of this movie, I thought the whole thing was going to be trying to determine whether or not the person was actually possessed. That's super compelling. Like, uh, I would love that so much.
2: Cause it was so, to me, I just, I love that Tim's like, it was so scary. And the, and I was just <laughs> like, this is so funny. Cause this mom is just like acting the shit out of this right now so that she can convince the judges to like, let her son only go into jail for five years. <laughs> It didn't do anything for you. That was
1: like way scary. Maybe it's just because the rest of the movie is so not scary, but that, that was the tone of that. Like the old, like v- audio sounds.
2: Oh yeah. I loved it.
1: Oh, It's such a vibe.
2: I love that. Yeah.
1: Oh, it so was. Cool. I,
2: yeah. I think they should. I, and I love whenever a movie like incorporates old recordings. I just recently rewatched like shutter Island and obviously they're fake old recordings, but they're like listening to the, um, I don't remember now. but they're listening to like old tapes. I feel like anytime like a scary or suspenseful movie has like any kind of old recording, I'm sold. Like, that's why like, you know, all those VHS, you know, movies that those are so effective. Just like, yeah, put on some old technology and make it be scary. That's all I want.
1: My only other thief maybe, and this is a real stretch, is like supernatural explanations for real life events. I like the idea of more. This movie doesn't pull it off, but I like the idea of a movie that's like, well, this takes place during this incident in real life, but you don't understand the whole underground, like demon battle that was going on. There was like a whole spiritual, it's like Doctor Strange shit, where it's like, you know, I was in the spiritual realm fighting monsters, and that's why World War II ended the way it did, you know? It's like, (laughs) I'm a fan of that kind of stuff. Let's get into some reckless speculation. Does anybody want to recklessly speculate? On what we think the sequels for this movie are going to be, because there's definitely going to be a sequel, right?
2: You did say that they had ordered or somebody i might have been somebody mentioned that there was like a couple more ordered, at least. Right.
1: So the plan for now that I know about is there's going to be a movie uh, about the crooked man coming up, which is a character from the second movie. And then there's going to be another uh, The Nun movie, which I have not seen. Uh, But she's also from the second movie, I think. So they've the Conjuring universe is crazy. There's like eight movies, yeah, and three Conjuring movies, and then they've done spinoffs with Annabelle and then this nun character. So I don't know, like, what character in this movie should get spun off?
2: (laughs) Well, first of all, my reckless reckless speculation, not having known that they had ordered more, hoping that they wouldn't. I actually thought that Patrick Wilson's character was going to die when he had a heart attack, and so he could do other projects. I, I, I'm. (laughs) <laughs> so my speculation is going to be that hopefully there are no more. Cause I think there have been enough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So do you have any, anything off the bat besides, besides that <laughs> besides ending it all?
1: I mean, I would have to go with like more of a soft reboot and like, just make it more about helping the cops. I think using this to solve actual crimes is fun.
2: That's what we need more of is just like, how can we help the cops?
1: <laughs> You're trying to make this political. I'm trying to make this like a.
2: <laughs> what if this is just where it took like the last five minutes were the most uncomfortable of this whole podcast? Because I had <laughs> <laughs> It was just
1: me just talking about like the blue line and like, all this stuff. <laughs> you know, you
0: know, got to whatever we- <laughs> The conjuring, oh the blue
2: line.
1: What we need is a pro cop conjuring movie. Can we get that out there? Yeah, oh, you need to take off your liberal hat for a second and look at the way the world actually is. <laughs> Let me is.
2: take off my liberal um, hat.
1: No, uh, I like the detective work is interesting. Yeah, I do.
2: I think you're right. Helping the cops. Yeah, her uh, Lorraine helping the cops. I think is great. If she goes on a little, you know, eat, pray, love adventure of her own as a off. <laughs> and and while she's finding herself, she's also finding bodies for detectives wherever she goes. <laughs> oh I God. would watch that. <laughs>
0: That's your log line. She's <laughs> <laughs> finding herself, but
1: also finding bodies. Yeah. Eat, prey, find the bodies.
2: <laughs> Eat, prey, find bodies. Oh, gross. I can see that being a real a real title. I, I want it to happen.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Definitely will be. Kevin, you got any ideas for the sequel?
0: I would watch a million more of these movies. <laughs> I would watch every single one of their case files. There's no way. I want... I want um, I think the ideal solution there, I would love like a procedural show. Give me a whole season where, yeah, they're they're helping the cops solve a crime. They're convinced this isn't supernatural. But around the middle of it, it seems like, you know, maybe this is supernatural, Ed. And then they got to race down to the line trying to figure out. uh, Give me I don't know, like a like a serial killer procedural thing. I've been watching a lot of Dexter. I basically want to see Dexter, but with Ed and Lorraine (laughs) Warren.
2: i do think it should be a like a tv show
1: yes this would be a way better tv show
2: yeah as i was watching it i was like this is basically just murder she wrote with you know like supernatural and like or with like objects you know that's what it felt like because it was like well, we have our mission, I'm going to go solve it. And then it's like a, a, a woman going to cops and be like, I know how to solve this better than you do. And the cops being like, sure you do which is exactly Murder, She Wrote. And then <laughs> um, they're always suspiciously around the murder or, you know, in the cases we like objects. Uh, and it, that's, that's Murder, She Wrote. You're always just like, why is Jessica Fletcher by all these murders? And, you know, I know they seek it out in these movies, but if we could just tailor it, make it a show, have it keep going every week or two. You only need a half hour for a new What Then you have, then at the end, you know, when it's like do, 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 or whatever, at the end of the year or whatever, then you see them put the object away, close it, and then like go off into, uh, you know, the main sunset.
0: That's really great. At where we're at in the franchise, they're already working with the editing team from Suits. We can package this thing up. We can get it on USA next weekend.
1: I think, Uh, I think they should keep turning out sequels, but each one gets a little less scary and a little more romantic.
2: Romantic, but also Tim, uh, really like, really specific about the procedural element. So like high romance, but then like critical details at every moment about case files. (laughs) <laughs> if we could just combine those two, I think those would be our favorite elements.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That's a good place to end it, right?
0: I think so. Ingrid, thank you so much for being here.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. This is wonderful.
0: Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh,
2: God. No. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a writer and I'm an editor and I do a lot of stuff for Reductress on their site And have forever. And, uh, you know, the next thing I got coming out is not for a while. So just, you know what? I got to plug me. All right. I'm plugging. me. Hell yeah.
1: Perfect. I'm going to plug our uh, podcasting network, Mess Around Media. Keep listening, baby. We got more podcasts here. This has been the Conjuring 3. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Ingrid, thanks for being here.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. This is wonderful.
1: (laughs) Bye. 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 Bye.